0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the legend and the new face of Box Raw in their new 36 collection, Teddy Atlas. We're coming to you today from Trinity Boxing Gym in Lower Manhattan, where it's about 175 degrees with no air conditioning in late July in Manhattan. We just did the uh, Pacquiao-Spence fight plan, which I think you guys are gonna really like. And uh, I know Teddy and I worked up quite a sweat Teddy, how are you feeling?
1: I'm glad that I do have this uh, apparel from Box World the 36 line, because uh, it breathes, as they <laughs> say. It breathes. Um, listen, I don't know if this is going to be our greatest podcast, but it's going to be our hottest. <laughs> it's going to be our hottest. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, let's get right
0: into it. We had a uh, UFC fight night last night, and once again, the UFC delivered value for free on the big, major ESPN network. Um, Let's jump right into the co-main. We had Phillips versus Paiva. A flyweight fight at 135. I know you had a chance to watch it. Paiva got the decision. Paiva out of Brazil.
1: What would you think of the fight? I thought the decision, the fights, there were a lot of knockouts um, that, you know, during the night. But the ones that went the decision, I thought there was some, I don't want to say funny decisions, but I don't know. Like, they were... They made you think, like you couldn't just say yeah. It made you think, did he win? You know, and that was one of them, because Phillips came this close, this close, uh, to stopping Piver in the first round uh, to get a TKO, whatever you want to properly call it in MMA, you know, uh, ways. Palance. Yeah, I mean, he was he was gonna he was really close. I mean, credit to Paiva how great his chin was and how, as most of these guys are, how resilient and tough. I mean, they're just so tough. But it, it should have, at the very least, been a 10-8 round. I mean, that's how dominant it was. And it, as I said, he was, that's how close to the cliff Paiva was, you know, to falling off the cliff. And again, incredible. You see it, you see it in this sport where Paiva comes back he comes back in the second and third round. He winds up winning the fight. I, I don't know that I saw him winning. I give him all the credit in the world for doing what he did and coming back. Um, period. I don't know. It could have been a draw. A, for me, it was a two-point first round. If he wins the next two, you know, it's a, it's a draw. Uh, right? I mean, it's a three-round fight. But either way... I thought Piver came back, won the second round, uh, but they were close. They were close rounds. First round was not close. The round Phillips won was not close. But Piver won two close rounds, and he gets, he gets the win. Um, again, just tremendous, tremendous heart. Obviously, conditioning chin uh, to come back the way he came back. Uh, You know, to your point, it's almost
0: like a prerequisite with this with these UFC guys. You know that if you don't like knock the guy out and stop him nine times out of ten, the guy's got more to give. He's not going to just be uh, get in his head of like, oh, my God, I'm getting lumped up. They those guys have a short memory when it comes to like what To that
1: point, I'm glad you brought that up. Because when sometimes these guys are so ruthless Right? I mean it looks so ruthless uh, even though the guy's like semi out of it they jump on them and they're, they're hitting them with a hammer of fists. right yep. and people are saying, oh my God uh, you know is it necessary? Yeah, sometimes it is. In their mentality it is because you have any mercy at all on them, they're gonna come back. that's right. I mean that's the world they live in. The other thing that I want to close with on that fight is that it always amazes me the similarities with MMA, with the striking part, and boxing, my world, where you pay for the same mistakes you pay for as a boxer. And the point I'm going to make is what got Paver back into the fight was in the second, I believe it was the second round, the second round, Phillips made a mistake. And it happens in boxing. I talk about it when I was... Broadcasting fights I would talk about it all the time. I talk about it now when they do ask me to do stuff on Sports Center or obviously getting ready for a big fight or doing it here. Where you gotta the jab is a great weapon, but it can be a dangerous weapon if it's not used properly. If you don't understand to throw it from the right distance. If you throw it from too close, it's like opening a door to let things come in. Opening a window to let like and it ain't flies coming in. It ain't flies coming in. It's wasps. <laughs> it's wasps. Murder hornets. Yeah, murder hornets. And that's what happened. He threw a jab. He being Phillips, he had to fight. And after the first round, you know, he had to control the fight. He throws a jab from too close. Bang! Counter right hand. Right hand hurts him. And got him back into the fight. Got Paver back into the fight. So again, the same mistakes that haunt you in boxing, haunt you in any fighting you know technique is technique fighting is fighting you know from the striking style i'm not talking about getting on the mat with the jiu-jitsu and all those different forms of combat but as far as standing and strike yeah you know it's not just throwing punches it's throwing the punches at the right time the right punches at the right distance otherwise you pay a price but that's what i saw we get to the main event, I guess. Let's do it. So in the main event, we had TJ
0: Dillashaw getting a razor thin split decision over Corey Sandhagen. Before we get into the fight, Teddy, I want to say I have a bit of a hard time with this, with TJ Dillashaw being back so soon. I love TJ Dillashaw. I think he's a great guy. But when you get caught red handed doping in a combat sport, he made no excuses to his credit. He did it. Hey, I did it. Hand up. I was doping. But two years, I mean, it feels like it was just yesterday. He's right back in the mix. And again, I like him personally. I just have a hard time with a guy getting right back in there that quick. I don't know if you have any thoughts on
1: yeah, that. Yeah, I do. I mean, since you brought it up, um, I don't he pay his debt to society. It's just like somebody, you know, uh, unfortunately, whatever, does something and maybe it wasn't unfortunate, maybe it was his choice, whatever. Yep. Uh, and, you know, they go away to jail. I think they deserve a second chance until they tell you by their actions they don't. But I think they deserve. They paid their debt, whatever that debt was. That was. Listen, I'll tell you one thing. It's a lot more than boxing would have delved out. Boxing. I mean, you have it all the time. You you have guys. First of all, the testing is is ridiculous. UFC uh, has
0: real tests. Yeah, they
1: have real tests. They'll so catch you. You're not going to catch guys the way you should in boxing. But when you do, I mean, uh, there's there's no real penalty there's no real it's like it amounts to a slap on the wrist if you're upset about two years my god i could imagine what you would be reacting to with what these boxing (laughs) so-called you know uh leaders of of you know the administrators of boxing that is supposed to delve out you know uh accountability there's none so it's much more than you would get in boxing boxing uh, it's it's i mean it's Every once in a while, you get a guy that pays a little bit more of a price, but on the whole, uh, it's it's not a lot of accountability. And, and a good
0: example would be Jarrell Miller. I think he's been caught like five or six times. It feels like that might be a, a bit of an exaggeration, but the first couple of times, I feel like it was kind of almost brushed under the rug until he made until he did the same thing so many times that now it seems like everyone's done with him.
1: But that's yeah, it's like yeah, that's like the that's like the the new laws in uh. In, in New York, where you know they have the no bail, there was a guy that robbed the bank. He he got out. He robbed it five more times. Yep. Yeah, you didn't miss him. Is this working this microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's working right. It's working yeah. right. Five, five times. The guy kept robbing. Him. I mean, I guess he figured, why not? Uh, you know, they they're, they're not mad at me. Yeah. They're, they weren't even. They weren't even requiring a bail. They arrested him. They're not upset. They're not upset. You know, and um, so. Look, again, this is serious stuff. We, we joke a little bit, but it's serious. Robin and Bank's serious. Um, thank God nobody was hurt. He wasn't hurt, nobody. But it's serious stuff. And fighting is serious stuff. You know, it's one thing I've said it many times. To catch these guys hitting baseballs. I don't really care how much the baseball gets beat up you know I I don't know I don't have a lot of I don't cry about it you know what honey uh, let's make this baseball (laughs) really get this crap beat out of it I mean uh, no I don't I I don't really do that but a man a woman um, getting hit by somebody who's putting stuff in their veins that's illegal that's gonna let them hit a lot harder that's a problem. And a lot longer in the uh, case yeah. of TJ was using EPO, which I've gives I've you crazy problem. endurance. So listen, again, my answer to you is Dillashaw paid his price. That's what it was. More than, than I see in boxing, uh, he paid his price. And I'll tell you where he did get off a little bit free. And, and I think it has something to do with the outcome of the fight. And I don't see anybody else talking about this. And, and listen, wasn't his, he didn't, he didn't manipulate it. It just, it was just part of the, the timing of what had happened. His suspension came two years, you know, it's a lot. It could, it could destroy someone's career. Um, really, it could destroy oh, someone's career. But it came during COVID. So really, nobody really talked about that. So really it wasn't two years because everyone was out for a year. So really it was closer to a year or less. Yeah. So, so he, he got a little bit of a reprieve. He got a little bit of a reduced sentence. Again, it wasn't, a, you know, he didn't make that happen. It just happened. But being that it happened during COVID and nobody was fighting for, for a year, uh, that year would have been lost for everybody. So really he didn't lose two years. So that that's something that people should think about when they say, "Wow, how incredible!" And it was incredible that he came back, and and he won the fight. Um, and we'll get into it now. You know. Well, I just wanted to mention
0: it because I think it's a it's it's a part of the story. And um, the last thing I wanted to say is like I think that the bigger problem is, or the thing that got brushed under the rug a little bit is like uh, the UFC and the enforcement agency. I think should put more emphasis on. Who was helping you with this? Where did you get the prescription? These aren't drugs, you can't just go in the store and buy this stuff, this is like, h- how? Who's involved? Who else is doing, doing this? Do something to really get
1: to the root of the problem. Exactly, you know? and I think it
0: had to do with, you know, maybe some other teammates, he, he would allege, I think that other teammates had been doing this in the past and it was kind of like an unspoken thing. Nevertheless, let's get into the fight itself. I just thought that that should be addressed because it was part of the story. This fight, like I said, was razor thin. I said to Rob right when it ended, I thought that TJ might have edged him. I know you thought that um, Sanhagen might have edged it, but it was that close. And the judges had it as such. One judge had Sanhagen by a round. Two judges had Dillashaw by a round. What did you see in the fight? And what was the key takeaways
1: for you? I'll tell you, I'll I'll start with what I felt rather than only what I saw, what I heard and what I felt. I, further, I have nothing but respect for both guys. Incredible. Let me put my photo here. Uh, to both of you. incredible. Um, but it just felt like Dylan was being almost rooted for. Like, like, like he was being favored during the night. Uh, I, I mean, you mean from it, the commentators? From everything, just, just everything. Like, even when the betting came in, the betting line on Vegas that. You know, when the fight was still this close, that he was the favorite if you did real live betting. Oh, the live, live, yeah, the the live, live action. Yeah, yeah, the live action. Just like almost like they knew who was going to win. Yeah. Like really, because there was nothing to decipher from, from what you saw in the cage really too much. Yeah. But, but then all of a sudden, you, he's the favorite. Yeah, of course, he went in as a dog. You know, Dillashaw being he he went in as a dog and then all of a sudden doing a real life action betting. He's a vagrant I'm, I'm taking a treat. They know something. Vegas is pretty sharp <laughs> today. <they>? And hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not starting with conspiracy theories, but I'm I'm doing what I always do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I feel and what my experience and judgment and instincts tell me and what I'm not afraid to say, because I could give to hot. You know what? And it is hot. Um, <laughs> people don't like it because if it's what I believe, I think it should be said. And I ain't singing. I ain't helling for my meals. I, I'm not doing that to stay on one side or the other. I'm just saying what I believe that uh, needs to be said. So that, there was just a feeling that Show was like the anointed one, like the chosen one, like they wanted him to win. And let's not forget what his story was, you know, and how exciting his style is. That means something, brings in more fans, maybe. And he's got a big fan base, and he was a champion. You know, this kid hasn't become a champion yet. He hasn't gotten to that point. So, I don't know, it just just felt that way. Hey, guys, just want to take a quick break to give a
0: shout-out to one of our favorite sponsors, Athletic Greens. We say it all the time, it's one of the products we all use every day, Teddy and I use it. I use it when I travel. I never leave home without it, honestly. It's made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients. We got probiotics, prebiotics, antioxidants, the whole nine yards. It's really all you need for your body's health and immunity considering insurance policy, especially during insurance policy for your health, for your body's immunity. Um, especially during these COVID times, it's one of the things that they've talked about incessantly is the importance of vitamin and vitamin supplementation. If you are exposed to COVID, it can reduce the effects of the, of the virus. So, hey, if, even if it might work, it's worth the shot. You don't want to get sick if you can avoid it. Athleticgreens.com. Use the promo code ATLAS for 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, I love the travel packs so check them out athleticgreens.com slash atlas as far
1: as the fight went first round I always talk about geography and who gets the gi, who gets the position in a cage that they need to best suit their talents their abilities and well with Dillashaw, you got a a short physically fire hydrant you know type guy really strong he's Better on the on the mat, incredible wrestler. Right? yeah. I mean, he's, he's much better on the mat than 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 Hagen is, and he wanted to get close. He got close. He got close. He got his hands on him. You know, he got his grips on him. He got he got him up against the fence. He got close. He landed some shots too. Um, he got to the geography, if you will, uh, the territory he needed to get to, and he won the first round. I don't think there was any arguing. I thought. Now, listen, I'm going to say something because D.C. made a good point. Uh, Daniel Cormier, and I have a lot of respect for all their guys, all their guys. D.C. said, you know, it's about, touch on what I talk about. It's about kind of, I don't remember the terminology exactly, but cage position, basically. Yep. You know, don't take me from verbatim, but cage position, cage, where, where he got the cage position, he being in Dillashaw, uh, that he needed. Because he got him up against the cage. He got his hands on him. He got to the position that a grappler would want to... A guy that's better in grappling would want to get into. And so he got into... I looked at it a little differently. And I, listen, I defer to him. He's, he's, he's... I mean, he's one of the greatest that has ever done MMA. Two-weight division champion, Two weight division champion. One of the, you know One of the greatest. Greatest light heavyweight of, of MMA history and yep. great heavyweight. Um, but for me... I'm looking and and you can only look at it through your own lens I'm looking at it through a different lens I'm the first to say it I'm looking at it through a boxing lens that Sanhagen controlled when they were striking and there was a good amount of time they were doing that when they were striking he controlled the range and and spots that he needed to control And, and where obviously being longer being taller being less physical, being a better striker than than a grappler, he wanted to stay on his feet and keep range. He wanted to basically, there were three things he wanted to really that were part of his formula to win. His legs, range, keeping range with his legs, and pot-shotting, counter-punching. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted a counter-punch, he wanted a pot-shot on the outside. And he was able to do that to the point that he, that he was able to do it. And I just felt there was back and forth. There was some rounds that were really close. And I, I could have seen an even round. Yeah. I could have seen a draw. I I could have seen a draw because it was around. I don't remember chronologically exactly. My memory is perfect. Uh, Where, don't forget, we're in New York, guys, and we get (laughs) sirens and we get all kinds of things going on. You're in New York. You're in the. This is the real deal, all right? You're getting the noise, you're getting the sounds, you're you're getting it all. And I wouldn't have had a problem with an even round. Because sometimes I think they should be used. I don't want a million even rounds. Don't get me wrong. You want to try to find a winner. But sometimes they work. That fight
0: was as close to a draw as you're going to get.
1: I just felt I For felt me. either draw, I agree, or Sandhagen's slight edge. That's just how I felt. I, I felt that if I was calling a fight, I would have went into one of my things where I would have said, this fight is about... Catching a guy coming and catching a guy going, and and for me it was it would have been a, it was about Sanhagen catching the shorter, stronger, more physical, you know, Dillashaw coming, and Dillashaw catching, you know, the boxer, uh, Sanhagen going, which he did. Yeah, he caught him going out. He caught him with some shots going back, uh, in spots. So, I. I'd say another thing that I think needs to be said because it was incredible what Dillashaw did. did, The performance on both was incredible. Both. Nothing but respect. Kudos to both. All my admiration. But as incredible as what he did two years off, you know, whatever. um, And to come back and not not have anything really physically disrupted like timing and, or, or show rust. Yeah. Another thing, DC was great, great. DC, you don't need me to tell you, but you are great. Um, <laughs> talks about you weren't gonna see a lot of rust or you didn't see a lot of rust, whatever, he's, whatever way he put it. And a lot of people would be amazed. They'd say, wow, why was there no rust shown after you're for two years? And I have an explanation for my world of why, because inactivity affects people differently according to what your physical approach is, what your style is, what your physical abilities are. Rust will bother and maybe destroy somebody who depends on timing, reflexes, speed. It will definitely hamper them. But somebody who depends Mostly on power and strength. Time off. Russ doesn't show with those kind of styles, with those kind of athletes. If someone who's very athletic, yeah, yeah. You give them time off and it could be a death sentence or really a a serious sentence. But when you're a guy who depends on just physicality mostly, time off doesn't destroy you. Those things, those assets those physical abilities don't get hurt by the time off the way timing does proof well proof to it first fight I think of Ali Frazier baby Ali was three and a half years away incredible I have to do this when I think about Ali I have to do this uh, really that that's how special he was in and out of the ring but to come back I don't think people realize even to this day how incredible it was three and a half years uh, of his best years Yeah. and a guy who depended on speed a guy who depended on reflexes on timing he comes back and he fights that unbelievable fight the fight of the century with Frazier but it hurt him it hurt him it didn't hurt Frazier's. well Frazier wasn't off but the guy I was going to say it didn't hurt and a good, good case in point again George Foreman, Yep. forget about three and a half years off, 10 years, (laughs) 10 years off, and he comes back. Again, Foreman didn't make his bones. You know, he didn't make his living with timing so much and reflexes and that stuff and speed. It was with power, brute force, strength. And being off that long did not impact those abilities the way it would have impacted the other Billings. Yeah. So Dillashaw got a little bit, I think that explains a little bit of why he was able, again, as hard as determination, I get you, but how he was able to pull this off because he wasn't impacted. His style suited more being off than it would if he had a different style. If he had a style like, Santa Hagen. Yeah. You know, or have an Ali, like I told about. Um at the end of the day, tremendous fight. Again, I I I just got the feeling that they wanted this guy to win. And and again, please understand, I'm not saying he didn't deserve to win. I'm not saying I'm just saying it felt that way a little bit. And well, what won the fight for? Well, it wasn't the judges. I want to say what wanted. Just so there's no misunderstanding between me and you. I never want a misunderstanding between me and you. You know, I care about you guys. I want you to understand. What won, what there's no doubt in my mind, what won the fight for Dillashaw. Pressure. Pressure. Toughness. Resiliency. You know, and, and all the other things. But, but pressure. Pressure breaks pipes. And pressure can break people. It didn't break Sanhagen. He was up to the task for the most part. But it did win, the pressure won that fight. And I think there's some subjectivity in judging, right, Ken? I mean, there is. And there's a criterion, and I wish the judges would understand that criterion all the time. Sometimes they forget, I don't know. And it just seems in my almost 50 years in this business of boxing, striking, there are some judges that prefer pressure, That they just, they get, enhanced, they get entranced by it. They, they get taken by it, they get led by it. They get intoxicated, I don't know. But they, they just, they find it easier to, if it's a tough fight to vote, they find it easier to vote a guy who puts the pressure on than a guy who's on the outside yep. boxing. Yep. I, I'm not saying that happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen, though. No. I'm not saying that either. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a safe way out either. You know, I put myself in this. You know what? I'm. I'm, I'm gonna have to uh, have to stand in it and uh, and handle it. Uh, so and I and I am, and I, uh, I'm not running from it. So I don't know what, but I just know from my experience that sometimes a judge. They, they would prefer, they, they would just be, find it easier to vote for a guy, if everything close, that was more aggressive. Yep. And if that had an influence, and it might have, and if it did, well, I would say it showed because there was only one guy who was going to get, you know, was going to get the benefit as far as being aggressive. And that was, of course, going to be Dillashaw. So, at the end of the day, that's my take on it from all angles, all dimensions, and um, it was it was some great fights. And I'll finish, and then I'll let you go wherever you want. But I'll finish, and then we want to go back and forth, whatever you want to do. But I'll finish by saying that the earlier card of the night, I'm not. I don't. I saw highlights of it. Yeah, I didn't watch. The whole fights so I can't tell you which guy and and put the name and tag the name with everything but obviously you know it's the guys that won there were a lot of knockouts there was a there was a few knockouts uh stoppages and And that I and when I was watching it I was taken and impressed by how good the striking was I was watching I would say whoa if I didn't know if, if I didn't know what I was watching I can think I'm watching a a professional boxing match. That's how good the striking was for a couple of those early fights that I saw the spots. I only saw spots, but I saw educated punches, educated combinations. I I saw good form, good technique. I saw legs in position, balance set. I saw body shots. I saw bang, bang, go to the body, boom, boom, go to the head, bang, right back to the body. I mean, I, I saw pretty stuff. I saw stuff that again, If I was, if I didn't know better and I was, I think I was watching a professional boxing match. That's, that's how good. I think that that's, that's, that was uh, Adrian Yanez, whose fight we've watched in the past. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Adrian Yanez. Thank you, Rob. That's our producer. Rob, you know, giving us that.
0: Yep. I was gonna bring you to. I was gonna mention to you that Adrian Yanez, not only his hands are unbelievable, but just seems like the nicest guy in the sport. I sent a tweet out to I that effect.
1: I saw A matter of fact, I tweeted your tweet. That's right.
0: Yeah, Adrian Yanez, congratulations. He's he he seems like a lovely guy, kind of guy we'd love to have a conversation with at some point. He just keeps winning. He looked awesome. But, Teddy, to your point, the hands have evolved so much. The sport has evolved so much. I think back to the early days when a guy like Hoyce Gracie, who was really one-trick pony, he was a jiu-jitsu, he's the best. But he was he, damn
1: good at that damn one Damn
0: good. You could never get away with that today in the UFC. You have got to have a skill set. You have to be well-rounded. And to your point, to where you can now get a guy that can hold his own with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, but also look like a professional boxer with the hands with four-ounce gloves is Super impressive. One thing about the um, sanhagen Dillashaw fight I wanted to get your take on was the cut. That cut on Dillashaw was as ferocious as a cut can be, meaning it was like right on the inside corner of his eye. There was only one place the blood was going straight down into his eye. Have you seen a cut like that in boxing? And were you surprised that they let the fight continue?
1: You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. You, you're getting better and better at this. Your <laughs> instincts. No, Thank seriously. You. I'm glad you brought that up because I made a note, and I, I didn't see it, and, but it, it's in here to touch on the cut. Now, I don't want to get nobody crazy, because I'm not here to do that, but I do do that sometimes, because I say what I believe and what my experience and judgment tells me to say. First of all, to your question, yes, I've seen cuts, horrendous cuts in boxing horrendous I, I remember a cut that uh, the older Klitschko I always get their first name. Oh, i was it uh, Le- Lennox Lewis, Lewis. I as mean, bad as you like I, I've, I've seen cuts where literally you can see through to the bone I yep. mean it's, it's tough so it's not the worst cut I've ever seen it was a tough bad cut the, um, the place of where it was yeah, located to but, me was what was concerning and they did listen The that's where a cut man makes his living uh, where he earns his money put yep. it that way and he did a good job but i just wonder what they allow because in boxing i know you're allowed avertine thrombin and adrenaline yep and i i tell you i like i i don't know if they used i don't think crazy glue is allowed i'm pretty <laughs> sure but um i'm not sure what that guy used but It had a look. And again, I'm not accused of... First of all, I don't know what their rules are. Yeah. What what they're allowed. You know, what coagulant they're they're allowed to use or not use. Um, But it looked... And again, I didn't have the best view of it. But from the quick view that I had, it almost looked like the cut was getting dark. Yep. Now, that usually implies that it could be an iron-based coagulant used that's not allowed in, in boxing Yeah, that's not allowed that's not even forget about it. That's, that's rough um, uh, back in the old days they used to use that like Monsole Solution mm-hmm. was one of them and it might have been the main one and that I mean there was there was talk about that Sonny Listen, if you remember the first fight with Ali when Ali won the title in a great 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 Angelo Dundee, one of the greatest cornermen, cornermen of all time. You gotta be you gotta know what you're doing in that corner to save your guys sometimes when that time comes. And you never know when that time's gonna come. Where Ali came back and said, I'm blind, I can't see. And a lot of guys would have Yep. and Ali said, Cut the gloves. And yeah, a lot of people don't remember that. He said, Cut the gloves, I can't see. And Dundee, Dundee is the great Muhammad Ali before he before he got to that great place. Without this fight, he doesn't become great. yep and the the great you're great you have to have someone great with you and the great angelo dundee said ha, oh, no no this, this is for all the marvels baby we don't cut no gloves <laughs> we don't cut and he took a sponge he wet it and he he drowned him he just got everything he could he just drowned his eyes and tried to get whatever it was in there out and then when when he's when the bell rang he said he, he picked up the stool he said now run <laughs> Go, go run, go run. And he said, you know, he ran, he moved, he moved around, and then eventually he came back. But Did they think that they put something on the ground. Well, gloves? They, think, they think that. The
0: opponents first again.
1: Yeah, first they thought that there was something amiss. Because Liston had this reputation, you know, being around the wise guys, whatever you want to call them. Um, and being that he did time in jail and he had that image and everything i thought he was a great fighter listen i thought he was one of the great heavyweights i really he was really great it was sad his life how it went but i thought he was a great fighter but he was right away you know a lot of people thought and ali i'm sure taught it too that they did something you know to, put something on, it, put him put gloves on his gloves his and Dundee had the best explanation. Dundee said, no, you know what it was? What I think it was, was Listener had gotten cut, and he thinks that they used Monsell's solution to close the cut. Mm-hmm. And that it, that it got Ali hitting him. Of course, it got on his gloves. Yep. And then his gloves touched his face. He uh, got in his eyes. Yep. Or, or listen's gloves touched him. It got in his eyes. Either way. So Dundee's explanation was that he thought it was Monsole Yeah. that, that got... Got in his eyes and, and did that.
0: But and, if that and, could burn your eyes, wouldn't it seem crazy of Listen's corner to put it on his own face where it might well, drip down into the eye?
1: But what you do is you you put a gauze underneath. I mean, listen, okay. these guys, are experts at doing. Yeah, it. Yeah. They they put it on a Q-tip and they're putting it right into that cut. Gotcha. They'll put and then once you put in the cut, it's kind of like, it's kind of like closing the closing the door. You you put cold Vaseline over it. So that's it what problem. I wanted
0: to ask you real quick before we continue with that. I think there's a misconception amongst a lot of fans, and even DC at one point said they got to get Vaseline in the cut. And the way I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, is you put the adrenaline or whatever medicine you're using into the cut, then the cold Vaseline goes over the medicine and holds the medicine in. The Vaseline itself isn't what's causing the coagulation. No,
1: no, Eh, eh, perfect. Listen, here's what it takes to be a great company. And then, by the way, Angela Dundee was also, besides a great cornerman. Who's a great company. Here's what it takes. It takes ice water in your veins. You gotta be cold. You gotta be calm. You can't panic. Uh, that's number one. Number two, you gotta put pressure on the cut. You gotta have the right medicine, the right medications. You gotta have the right coagulant. You get it in, you clean them off quick. It's all time, time, time. You only got 60 seconds. As a matter of fact, probably more like 50 by the time you get in there and everything else. So, because you got a one minute rest and you lose about 10 seconds by the time you get in there. So you got to get in quick, you got to clean it real quick and you got to get the medicine. You got to have the right coagulate. You get it in and then you need pressure to keep the pressure on it so it gets a chance to coagulate, where it gets a chance to take as much time, you buy as much time as you can. And then the final thing is what you touched on cold not Vaseline. the real cut men, the real ones and there's always ones that are better than the you know the customers say yeah some of those guys are just shoemakers i don't know (laughs) where that term came because i love shoemakers shoemakers are talented and we need good shoemakers but that that was one of those you know phrases that came in boxing yeah guys are shoemakers and so
0: otherwise known as a cobbler
1: <laughs> yeah, well, but not really. Like, like they, they were being, you know, derogatory towards the guy, like right, saying oh, he's not a, he's not a top guy. But like I said, shoemakers are, are hard to find good shoemakers. They're very valuable. But in this case, that's how they use the terms. And you, the vaseline's the last thing you put on. You wait till the last second, keep the pressure, and then you put the cold, cold slab of vaseline, so it holds. And it keeps the coagul it keeps the medication the, the coagulant in there. And then the final thing you need, you know what you need? You need help from your fighter to not get hit again. <laughs> to not get hit again. Not, to not get that. And you've seen it on TV. He gets hit the first shot, he comes out and the Vaseline goes south, goes flying. You, you got to get the guy to move like Ali did. Move around, you know, a guy that's elusive. that, that he Give the medication, give the medicine a chance to work. That, that's that's how you get a great
0: comeback. But that's the big misconception, is that I think a lot of people are under the impression that you just put a ton of Vaseline no. in, the more the it's, better, but it's actually it right. counterproductive. The
1: Vaseline, no, the Vaseline, the Vaseline doesn't do the job. It keeps the- Seals the, it in. It seals the medicine that's gonna do the job in. That's all it does. And a lot of times if you use too much, it can get
0: on the guy's gloves and then go right back in your eye, and yeah, that's I mean, also can, counterproductive.
1: Uh, the guy can hit you and if you have a big lob, it could go right. Yeah. Obviously you could blind yourself to, to that extent. But I just saw it was really interesting. And I don't know no one else would talk about it. Why would they? But or well, even know to talk about, but when I saw it and listen, it might not have been an iron-based coagulant. Yeah. I don't know what they're allowed, but uh you really don't want to use iron base. There's a lot of reasons why you don't want to. But um when I looked and I and I just it just looked dark. And that's one of the telltale signs if someone's using uh an opposite would be illegal uh, substance where it starts to it starts to get dark. And and the reason why it actually cauterizes. Yeah. The the iron bait it actually cauterizes. The, the, the wound and it, it, it starts to cauterize right there and that's why it turns you know black dark so I, I just but either way listen uh, they did a good job with it I wonder what they do use uh, that would be interesting to, to know I wonder if, uh, I, I would assume it's the same things we do in boxing but uh, you know you're not supposed to assume anything uh, <laughs> right they, that makes a you know what out of you know who but at the end of the day, uh, it wasn't so much even that. It was his resiliency, it was his toughness, you know, his determination. And I'll say one other thing. I, uh, man, Rob, I, I put a few tweets up, and one of them I put up before the fight was that all fighters, both these fighters, are going in with attention paid to you know, certain things that it's always paid attention to. Where it's to, you're doing it for reasons why you get in there. Family, you know, legacy, pride. And then I said, add one to the list tonight that might give Dillashaw a little edge. It's called redemption. Redemption is powerful.
0: People love a redemption it's story. It's powerful.
1: It's powerful, Ken. It's powerful. When you think that you made him mistake, you know, he admitted, he owned yep. up. I, I have respect for Dillashaw, and that's why I said he did his time. I, 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 I op- I embrace him. I, I welcome him with open arms because he did his time. He, he paid the price they put on him, and he admitted to his mistake. He didn't hide from it. He didn't try to make up some, the dog ate my, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> my, my good supplements. My, my, my supplements and <laughs> I was stuck with bad supplements, this damn dog, you know. Uh, he didn't try to do that and the dog died two days <laughs> uh, He didn't try to take us down that crazy road. Yep. You know, he was honest about it. And he was also honest about what this meant to him. That this meant getting back to prove to people that what he was before wasn't because of something it shouldn't have been because of. that's a good point. It was really important to him, extra important. I know it was important to to Sanhedrin. Don't get me
0: wrong. Well, that's a very good point. He wanted to tell people, I don't need anything he, to win. He wanted if he if he
1: loses his fight, like it or not, yep. like it or not, people are gonna say, oh, the only reason he won all those fights is because he was doing that stuff. He was doing that stuff, and and that was gonna stick with him, and for him. For that to be worthwhile, for all those years to mean something, uh, all those victories, all of that hard work, everything that he went through, he had to come back and win this fight. He had to come back and win now, and there was there was no tomorrow. There was no there was no buffer cushion. You know, margin for anything there. Well, you could lose it, and then you come back. No, he had because again, people would have jumped on him and said, "Oh, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, yeah, you, yeah, you only won those fights because you were a cheater." So, redemption. He had to redeem him, his word, his name, his le- It was about his legacy. It was about, but it was about who he was, who he was for, that 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 what he did before wouldn't disappear that that it would mean something and i think that he fought that way he fought that way and that redemption part of that did win the fight for that feeling that power you know that source at the end of the day that's that's how i see it baby one other thing I want to
0: touch on before we uh, sign off is he came into the fight, I think on his left knee, had an MCL injury and then or right knee MCL injury. And then during the fight, the good knee got compromised early on he got caught in like a bit of a leg lock. And you could see it kind of hyperextend. And uh, they even addressed it in the, in the corner like, yo, enough about the knee. You have to go now. And he picked it up. And even early in the fight, I said to Rob, it looks like Sanhagen might be pulling away here. And to Dillashaw's credit, he came back on basically two bad knees. Did you pick up on that? What do you think?
1: I think what I always think, and why I have so much respect for my guys in boxing and the guys in in this sport, I think that Webster's dictionary doesn't get it right. When you look up the definition of a fighter, I don't even know what that definition is, but I know they don't get it right. You know, make a fist and put your thumb inside and it's called fist of cuffs and, and, you know, should retain a certain form. Uh, it goes back to the markers of Queensberry and, uh, no, no. The definition in fighter should be the ability to overcome. That's what it is and always has been for me um, and for so many of these guys. You know, that's what it is. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's about finding a way when it seems like there is no way. Finding a way to overcome. And that's, when you, and that's how you judge these guys as far as their greatness. I've said it before. I said it on the great Joe Rogan's podcast a few years ago. where And, and I know Dustin Poirier has used this quote uh, from me where i always say a fight isn't a fight until there's something to overcome up until then it's just it's kind of like a it's like an exhibition it's kind of like uh athletic exercise how fast can i be how smart can i be you know how how strong can i be whatever but until there's something to overcome then it becomes how willing am i to go to a place that most people would not go. How willing am I to go with a compromised knee, a new compromised knee, and, and still find a way to keep going? Still find a way to keep going. That's what makes these guys so great. That's why they can never get paid enough, as far as I'm concerned. Never, never, never get paid too much, never. Because they're willing to go to a place, an often dangerous place, where they're not sure if they're gonna come out of that freaking place. They're not, they're not. And they're willing to go there. And um, I'll finish with this—a little humor, but you know, because I love you, and I, I know you're going to appreciate that. But your favorite quarterback of all time—you um, know, uh, what's his, what's his name again? Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm just glad you remember. He—it <laughs> he, came out that he played a whole season with uh, a knee that was—I uh, think it was a uh, what was it—the injury was a. Uh, I think, I think it was, I think it was. Same thing, uh, MCL. MCL, right? Yeah. He had a torn MCL and he, he fought the whole year with it. Yeah. Oh, so, I know. He used oh, to call oh, me play, on, used the, call he me he on the weekends. Well, we all fight. Whatever we do, it's still a fight. Yep. And then when you do it at that level, it's a fight. And um, I'm sure he called you in. Yeah, he'd
0: call me, ask me, Ken, should I keep going? What do you think? I would say, Tommy, you know you got this. I'm
1: glad you've forgiven him because I know you were tiny, tiny bit perturbed. Adam, that that he left your neighborhood there, the, the old stomping grounds up in New England. title Town. And he, yeah, well, Title Town. I think we ended that. title Town.
0: <laughs> before we end anything, tell me about the new Box Raw collection. We see it in the flesh here now. We've talked about it before. It's the 36th collection, available at boxraw.com. Looks fantastic.
1: They make good stuff, Box Raw, they do. And I'm just honored that they asked me. That they would do a line with me, and yeah, it would call it the Teddy Atlas 36 line. It's good stuff. If, if, if it wasn't my line, I would. And somebody let me wear it. and I saw it. I would say the same thing. I would. You have to trust my word. It's good. It's a good quality. It's really, uh, really made well. And um, the 36 comes from what I've said for years. And um, talking about Dustin Poirier earlier, he, you know, he he uses that same saying. He just adjusted it to 25 instead of 30, because in their business it's five five minute rounds. In my business, 12 three minute rounds. And you can make life fair. You can make life fair no matter how life has treated you, no matter how tough it's been, no matter how unfair it might have been to you. If you're tough enough, if you're willing enough, if you're prepared enough to get in that ring in 36 minutes, you can make life fair. You can make up for all the things, the injustices that are out there sometimes. You can, you can clean the slate. And um, if you go through the history, we love to talk history. Uh, if you go through the history of fighting, in any fighting, when, I remember Customato used to always tell me, listen, obviously you gotta teach the guy how to fight. That's the most important thing. That's pretty damn important. Um, but then, to, to fight like a champion, you gotta feel like a champion. You gotta have the confidence, you gotta feel like, and you gotta look like a champion. You know it's important to look good, and if you go through the history of of fighting, if you will, and I, when when anyone, whether it was the Viking, it was the samurai, whether uh, whatever the great fighting warriors, they always wore a certain garb when they went to battle. They always wore a certain garb that made them feel, you know, the part. I'm and, partial to the Scottish Highlanders. There, they, there they are, and. Um, you would look good in those kilts i'll tell you that I'm that amazing. was the name of my high school that was somerville good, highlanders you know? she would look good in that plaid those plaid kilts you would look great <laughs> but uh, listen uh, the, so this they make good stuff and their stuff looks good and it makes you feel good
0: yep Boxraw.com, check out the teddy atlas 36 collection and with that teddy it's about 190 in here now we toughed it out though we got it done this wasn't a fight until we had to overcome this heat We did it. Thank you for doing it. It was great to see you in person. I hope everyone liked it. Stop what you're doing and hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Please leave a comment. Do the thing. Whatever
1: you do, don't insult him, please, (laughs) please. He's a sensitive son of a gun. I feel like one of my kids watching their YouTube channel. And one other thing, congratulations. He just won a big race. He didn't even mention it. He just won a big race where they had to run up. Don't don't ask me who wants to run up and down a freaking hill like 100 <laughs> times. Forget about that part, uh, whether or not I would suggest you do that, especially in <laughs> his heat. But he did it. And um, actually, he came in second. We always tell the truth. Yeah. To, but there was 100 races, and he got beat by a younger guy, and it was very close. Shout out to Jesse Isler
0: and Sarah Blakely for Hosting us at their house after the annual Hell on the Hill. Lots of good people. Everyone there is a quality person. It's the best thing about this event. And uh, thank them for having us. But I was going to say today, I feel like when my kids are watching the YouTube channels, I always hear the YouTubers saying, hey, guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, drop a comment. Thanks for being with us. And with that, thanks for being with us, guys. Appreciate you as always. Have a great week. We'll be back with you next week.